Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast. The Bucks had the day off at training camp, but we're still going hard. My name is Matt Matera, and joined with me is my fellow Pewter Reporter, J.C. Allen. J.C., how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, man. Another, uh, We're getting closer and closer to the, the guys putting pads on. Practice is fully underway. They have a day off, much deserved, but man, we're getting right into it. It's hot outside. Training camp is in the thick of it, and I can't wait for season to start. We're right around the corner. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, Sunday, I believe, will be August 1st, and their opening preseason game is two weeks from then, August 14th. They play the 14th, the 21st, and the 28th. Easy to uh, do the multiples of seven there, which is which is nice for uh, those who have issues counting and with math. But yeah, man, it, it's super exciting. It's been crazy hot, even when it was raining yesterday. There was so much going on. It was still pretty chaotic in a good way. It's like organized chaos type of stuff. But the Bucks have been working hard. As you said, a well-earned day off. It's good for them to, to recharge the batteries. And we've been seeing some players get a maintenance day so they can get ready and be energized to go starting tomorrow on Friday. And speaking of energized, we should let all the viewers know that the Pewter Report podcast is energized by Celsius official Celsius energy drink, the best energy drink that you can find. I'm rocking with the sparkling grape rush. What do you got there, JC? Uh, we got the uh, wildberry. Can't go wrong with the wildberry. Oh, yeah, wildberry. That's definitely in the rotation for me. There's so many different flavors that you can go with. I mean, blueberry, orange. They got Celsius heat if you want to try that. There's just so many different flavors, but. Right now, what I want to talk to about talk about with you guys is the newest product from Celsius. That is their fast protein bars. It's 20 grams of protein, low sugar, low carbs, and no GMOs. Fast Brands is a living, active lifestyle. That's the core of what they are. They want to support you and help you get better and healthier every single day. They're rocking with two flavors right now. I like I always like doing the two, like Antoine Winfield Jr. I think that'll be a staple for Bucks fans as we, uh, you know, pretty much for as long as he's playing for the Bucks and probably even longer than that. I think for years and years to come, it's going to be it's going to be a thing for Bucks fans. But anyway, they got two flavors going on right now. It's the salted caramel peanut crunch and the cookies and cream, white chocolate cookies and cream. Big fan of both. Like, as I said before, big sweet tooth. So I tend to lean towards the chocolate, but you're not making a wrong decision with that. And just so you guys know, if you go to Amazon, you buy the variety pack, that'd be three of the caramel peanut crunch and three of the white chocolate cookies and cream. Fast Brands wants to hear your feedback. Celsius wants to see what you guys have to say about their product. They want to make sure that you're satisfied and you love it. So if you order off of Amazon, make sure you leave a review there. Again, that's Celsius Energy and their fast protein bars. All right, JC. Even though it was an off day for the Buccaneers, there was still some news going on that affected them directly and affected the opponent they're going to play on the opening night, the Dallas Cowboys. There was a report today, and you can read it on PeterReport.com as well, that Dak Prescott 
had a little bit of an injury. I believe it was right shoulder soreness, or he strained a muscle in his right shoulder. Obviously, Dak is coming back from a serious injury. They did it for precautionary reasons that he sat out. Are you looking into this at all? Are you are you thinking like, oh, there might not be a chance that he plays in week one, or is it just kind of just like, uh, all right, well, it's training camp news, and you know, we'll see what goes from there. I mean, it was a big injury he's recovering from. Um, you know, when you watch that play, it's it was gruesome. Uh, so working his way back from that, you know, he finally kind of feels comfortable with that just to have the MRI done. And it looks like he's got a shoulder strain or something like that going on. Um, we're still a far ways away from the opener. Uh, we're about what a month in, a month in, a couple days. So I think there's yeah. time for that to rest. But the, the problem there, the only – only problem is if he's out for a couple weeks and he's a seasoned pro, he knows what he's doing, but you know, chemistry, building the chemistry with the team, with the offensive line, it's a big year for, you know, the weapons that they have on, at, in the wide receiver room, building up that tight end position, obviously getting back on the same page with, with Ezekiel Elliott. Um, so I'm not really worried about him as a quarterback, his, his ability. It's more chemistry wise, anything that's going to help the bucks though, uh, you know, on, on banner night, I'm four. So if he is still hurting down the stretch and it's taking a little bit uh, to get comfortable, they just gave him a massive contract. So they're going to play everything safe. So we might not even see him play in a preseason game. I wouldn't be surprised, uh, which could lead to rust. And I, you know, rust is always good when you're going against the grave diggers. So they'll take full advantage of that. And the Bucs have no issues going against high-profile quarterbacks. You saw what they did to Pat Mahomes in the Super Bowl right there. I know Dak is... I mean, Pat Mahomes is a very mobile guy. I think Dak is even more mobile. It's crazy because I had him in fantasy football last year, and the things that he was doing before he got hurt was just insane. But mostly it was because their defense was so dreadful that they'd be down by 20 points, and all they had to, they could only pass the ball and have Dak run up the field and things like that. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott is coming off the the worst rushing season of his career. And he just signed that big contract last season as well. I never really got worried about Zeke or really any big time running back because the Bucks have the best run defense in the league. So I said yesterday, I believe that I think the Bucks are going to win by double digits and we're going to have plenty of time to look down the road and, and analyze this game. Cause as you said, it is a month away. But you can't not get excited about the season. You start, you're starting to see the commercials on NBC. I don't know if you've yeah. seen any of that, but it's awesome. I can't wait, man. I can't wait. Bring it, bring it here. Bring it here. But you're right. I mean, this this defensive line and the secondary unit, too, has improved. I mean, you have you know Carlton Davis, one of the best cornerbacks in the league, you know, and he's going up against one of the best wide receivers in the league, and that just I you know iron sharpens iron. You're going against the best quarterback, and we – we heard what they've said, you know, from last camp to the end of the season, how Tom Brady has made them better as a secondary, you know, even with all the weapons that Dak has, you know, and, and it's got a great offensive line. I'm not going to take that away too, but yeah. the Bucks have a really strong defense and shutting down the run starts there with Ezekiel Elliott and then pinning their ears back and getting back after the quarterback with Shaq JPP and possibly Joe Tryon. I mean, these look great. So, uh, you know, you've got, you've got enough on the defensive end, I think to slow their offensive attack down and exactly what you said, it goes back to, it goes back to their defense, you know, mm-hmm. their defense is, it does not improve. And of course it's going to be early in the season. So, I mean, that's when you're going to have the most of your hiccups. If, if it doesn't improve and it's not there, man, look for Tom Brady in this offense to just torch them. It's all double digits. 
Uh, I, it's like maybe like 10, 11, 12. And we, hey, that's, that's still double digits, you know, <laughs> but I don't, I don't think it's going to be like a, like a 17, 20 point win, but I, I definitely could see them winning by 10 at least. Yeah. Well, they usually say too, that in the beginning of the season, it's normally the defense that is a little more further ahead than the offense is. And I think that plays right into the Bucks' hands. Cause you're talking about a defense that everyone's back. They all play together last season so now Todd Bowles is going to bring out some tricks that we probably didn't even see last year because he didn't maybe feel comfortable yet we've already heard the putting, players talk about that too yeah putting those plays out and I mentioned that yesterday too where there was a situation where Levante David was lined up on the outside as an edge rusher and you know that's just crazy to think about and uh we'll get into the Bucks defense and the offense and standouts and sleepers in just a minute there was some news in-house for the Buccaneers a bit of interesting news that I remember seeing it this morning when I got the email. I was like, huh, you don't see that every day. So the Bucks waived offensive tackle Calvin Ashley. But the interesting part of the story was that Ashley just decided to leave the team. He pretty much said he was done. And then because of that, the Bucks waived him. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't it wasn't as if the Bucks were like, all right, you know, we're, we've seen enough of this guy. We're going to waive him. He chose on his own accord to uh, to leave the team, and therefore we have one of our first roster moves since training camp actually occurred. Have you ever? I mean, the Kelvin Benjamin story happened yeah. uh, yesterday, but you don't really see that too often this yeah. early in training camp. I mean, I think I've seen it once or twice where a guy just kind of went awol on the team and they waved him or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but for this team, it's really kind of head scratching because this is a team that's looking to you know, go back and repeat as Super Bowl champions. And, and if you look at the, the team, the schedule, the rock, everything, they've got, you know, a really good sh- a shot at least, you know. I know it's it's really difficult, but, you, you know, you could have been a part of that. Now, Kelvin Ashley wasn't a guy who was going to come off and, you know, say, all right, Tristan, you're out of here. Yeah. But <laughs> even during rookie minicamp, I mean, John talked about it. I talked about it with John. This is a guy who didn't look out of place. He looked like an NFL lineman. He held his own. It's not like he was getting beat badly every day, every time. I mean, Tuesday he got kind of he got abused a little bit by Quentin Bell, but um, you know, this is a guy who didn't look like he just couldn't hack it. He looked like a guy who could potentially, you know, be a practice squad and maybe work his way onto that third, fourth swing tackle role. Now again, that's you know, undrafted guy. It's a lot of projection, but just saying, he didn't look out of place as an NFL lineman. And for him to just get up and walk away, I mean, that's it, it is. It's shocking. I was I was very surprised when I heard the news because I thought this guy potentially could have been, you know, challenged Brad Seaton or one of these guys for a practice squad spot. But hey, now he's gone and they brought some new one. They didn't sleep. At yes, all. they did. And right before that, I just want to say, though, we don't know anything else about the situation, why he walked away. And I, I think for Calvin Ashley, it's uh, we, we shouldn't speculate on anything as well. I mean, we've seen with Simone Biles how people just jump to conclusions about things and you could be so incredibly wrong and distasteful for, you know, the way people react to certain situations. So we shouldn't really speculate on anything about that. But yeah, the Bucks were quick to come up with his replacement, they signed offensive tackle Chidi Okiki. I believe that's how we pronounce the name. Josh, you just, JC, do you prefer Josh or JC? Or just kind of? That's JC. All right, let's stick with JC. JC, uh, you just put up a story on PeterReport.com about the signing. Uh, what's a little bit about the the background history of him? 
not not much <laughs> um <laughs> not much so back at, he played at tennessee state where he made the uh 2018 all ohio valley conference first team um but other than that he, he came into the league in 2019 undrafted free agent uh joined the washington football team didn't stick around long and then he he was waived within a month but he mm-hmm. lasted on the kansas city chiefs in the offseason and he took him all the way into right into camp where he was subsequently waived again signed on to the miami dolphins practice squad in 2019 um and he spent the year there but since then he has not been in the league so you're looking at it's kind of interesting what they've done with some of these guys um <laughs> uh seeing the quote you have highlighted there yeah i was gonna bring that up next people are still angry about you with uh not protecting yeah. brady it's uh it, it's it's one of these guys where we've seen it throughout the, this offseason where the bucks have brought in guys who haven't played in a year like Jarrell Adams or a guy like uh, Chidi or multiple other players that they've brought in who who didn't play last year or was on practice squads last year and now they're going to give them a shot and it's just interesting to see how, how it's going to be. Again, a guy who's got no NFL experience. Yeah, I mean but all you need is an opportunity, you know you just need to get your foot in the door and then you see where it goes from there. You never know what's going to happen with injury. It is tough, though, because the Bucs are the one team, and we spoke about this before, you have all of these positions already filled. As we said, the starting five, Josh Wells, uh, Aaron Stinney, and Robert Hainsey, they're all set. They're all good to go. Hainsey was literally working with the ones the other day. Yeah. So he's going to be there for that. So you got a lot of guys fighting for that number for that number nine spot. If the Bucs even decide to keep nine offensive linemen, I was talking with Greg Allman the other day, and he thinks that there's a possibility that the Bucks keep eight offensive linemen, but then keep one or two on the practice squad. And the practice squad is going to be really valuable this year when you talk about a Bucks roster that is so loaded, that is so deep, that they're not going to be able to keep everybody. But as we know, injuries occur. These things go down. They happen. And then you got a guy that's been with the team all season long. You could just call him up from the practice squad and he's ready to go versus signing a guy from another practice squad or a guy off streets that still has to get acclimated with the playbook. Practice squad is going to be very, very clutch for the Bucks this season, I think. Yeah, especially because you can elevate the players again like you could last year. So, I mean, I think, I think they keep nine and I think they still keep two on the practice squad. I just think that, you know, having quality offensive linemen is just too too big of a of an advantage to have and the bucks right now they've got some good ones that look like they can actually play in the nfl you're talking about guys like nick lavrette who has shocked me because i you know going back to last year i thought they were a little bit more impressed with john Moulton. they kept him on the active roster in order not to have them have him go on to waivers and then put him on the subsequently put him on the ir list to start the season but Nick Lavrette has been taking all the snaps at right guard at number two, moving Aaron Stinney to Ali Marpet's spot at left guard. So, you know, you got Stinney getting some training at left guard. You got Nick Lavrette right there. Is he a guy that they want? Also a player who has taken snaps at center two at, during rookie minicamp and um, and uh, mandatory minicamp as well, OTAs. So, you know, you've got guys like him. You've got um, – John Moulton, as I mentioned, plus you have Sedarius Hutchinson, who a lot of people like. Yes, um, big body, big mountain of a man. He's played tackle. He's played a little bit of guard. He's been playing mostly guard at, in camp, but um, you know, also a guy who's been trying to work on snapping as well. The, the biggest key to any of these backup offensive linemen making this roster this year 
is simply just going to be versatility. If they can get a guy who can, they feel comfortable playing all three interior spots, they're going to keep him on the team. Or Brad Seaton, mostly playing right and left tackle and can't mostly right tackle, but can he show some versatility and slide inside? And maybe they keep a guy like him because, you know, it's easier for a tackle to move into guard than it is for a guard to move out to tackle. Maybe he's the guy who gets that last spot. It's going to be very, very interesting to see. Yeah, Alien Macedon says here, Robert Hainsey will be the Buccaneers' backup center, which I think we're all pretty much in agreement with. And Sedaris Hutcherson will be the backup guard. It's funny because all the offensive linemen that you just mentioned, JC, and for those watching, I think you could tell we're transitioning right now into the the sleeper portion of uh, of of this part of the of the podcast. The names I wrote down as far as I guess for backup offensive linemen, you're kind of all sleepers for the most part, except for Hainsey, because you know Hainsey is going to be on the team. Yeah, the names I wrote down was Mulchon or Mulchon, however you pronounce it, uh, Sedarius Hutcherson and Brad Seaton. I think Seaton is a guy, uh, he's got veteran experience. He sat out last year um, choosing not to play because of, of COVID and everything like that. But he's a guy when I watch him play and you hear other people talking about him. And I think it's important too that uh, he's playing offensive tackle because obviously offensive tackle is in my opinion, the most important position on the offensive line. Cause you gotta, you gotta make sure you're protecting Tom Brady on the outside, especially if you're that left tackle. I know you were just saying that he was at right, but he seems like a guy that can transition from, from either side. But he brings that Ryan Jensen mentality in terms of uh, a little feisty, not afraid to mix it up. He's ready to, <laughs> I was going to say bludgeon, but that's probably not the right word. He, he's just, he's ready to maul out there against you. He's he's a mauler. He comes nose from that. Pile. What's up? Just get his nose in the pile. Yes, absolutely. He He's down to do all of that. And I think that makes for, uh, a nastier offensive line, a grittier offensive line for sure. So I think it's I think it's going to come down to uh, Motion, Hutcherson, and uh, Seaton to make this team. And I think there's only going to be one winner, but the other two, in my opinion, are going to be the guys that end up on the practice squad for uh, for the season for the 2021 campaign, as they say. Yeah, I think when I did my roster prediction at the end of the training camp battle recap, I think I went with uh, Sedarius Hutchinson winning that last spot. Just, I know, you know, just hearing how much the team really likes him. And of course, as we spoke before we came on air, you know, pads come on Sunday. And that's when we'll really start to find out about the yeah. defensive lines. So I'm really looking forward to that because I think once pads come on, you know, we're going to see, you know, you heard Bruce talking. The second field's been the least penalty, <laughs> was with had least uh, less penalized. penalized. Yeah. Yeah. Than I got first, you. Then the, the field one with the starters and second stringers. So, I mean, these guys are showing great discipline already, you know, th- put some pads on uh, Sedaris Hutchinson. He got the, I think the third most highest guaranteed. It was one of the most highest guaranteed dollars of any undrafted free agent. And I see Michael said that he was, he was picking them in mock drafts, you know, uh, just, you know, the guy's strength, his size, his ability, you know, uh, he played tackle to be able to swing inside, I think, as a guard, I think would be a very valuable piece of this team to have. And I think they really like him enough. Obviously, again, pads will determine that. Um, after that, I think I think Mulchin is the guy who's who's the odd man out. And I would have said I would have said he was probably the second biggest favorite 
going into camp, but seeing Lavrette take those snaps at right guard ahead of him. And I know injuries kind of derailed his rookie season a little bit, but he was, you know, him and Lavrette still in the practice squad the entire time. You know, I, I think that maybe uh, it looks like Lavrette has leapfrogged them. Um, so I've got Lavrette and I had Seaton making the practice squad. Um, Seaton is a guy, though, if they do release, I could see some other team snatching him up because of all the reasons that you said before. So Seaton is an outside guy to watch, you know, not just because tackle is so important, um, you know, as you said, to keep Brady or keep the quarterback, you know, there's more there's more pass rushers that come off the outside than there are on the inside, you know. So, you know, making yeah. sure the guys are protected, Seaton is would be a valuable plus it would give you you know, it would give you four tackles and, and four guards slash interior linemen. So, you know, kind of round out the even out the roster a little bit. You had that last year with a guy like um, Joe Haig, who is, you know, could play tackle and then bounce inside. It'll be interesting to see if Seton gets any inside work. And that's the biggest thing I'm going to be watching once pads come on. Do they slide Seton inside or is he just because he is still young and he's not developed? you know, fully, mm. they want to just keep him at tackle and develop him there before seeing if he's got position versatility. So I'll be watching for that as well. Yeah. Let's stick in the trenches here, but we'll go to the defensive side of the ball for the defensive line. I saw Michael Henderson asking about how Khalil Davis did. Uh, Khalil Davis had a really good practice yesterday. I would say uh, for those who didn't see the podcast yesterday, we were talking about it. He had a sack on Kyle Trask, I believe. It was helped out by Joe Tryon. Joe had a, a great rush to the outside. It pushed the quarterback up, and then Khalil Davis was there to make the play. I thought Khalil Davis, from what I've seen in OTAs, minicamp, and going back to last season as well, too, I thought he's already done a solid job of um, defending the run. I, and that's your job as a defensive tackle, especially, is to you know clog things up at the line of scrimmage and, and, you know, get into the backfield. I, I thought he was very solid with that. And we spoke to him over zoom yesterday and I was pretty impressed with what he had to say. He, he was talking about that. He totally understood that last year was uh, essentially a red shirt year, which is not very common in the NFL. Oh. You don't really. And he said, the coaches told him that too. So it seemed like everyone was on the same page there. Uh, he's got a great guy in his corner with Indomitian Sue. They're both Nebraska alumni, and there's not really any better defensive lineman in the league that you could get inside and input of from the other than Indomitian Sue, especially at this part of his career. Um, he's still contributing in a very effective and impactful way, but he can still instill all this wisdom on everyone. And he also does it like financially too. I don't know if you've seen him tweet oh, yeah. about, you know, certain things like that. And I remember he was talking in a press conference last year about how he had a very candid conversation with Sean Murphy bunting about, Hey, this is how you should, should save your money and you should invest in this. And I don't remember specifically, but they were talking about, you know, setting yourself up, for uh you know the future and everything like that but to bring it back to the defensive line uh davis also spoke about that um you know he worked specifically on the things that he struggled with last year and he he just wants to prove to the coaches that hey this is what you told me to get better at i'm getting better at it and just wait and he's a guy that can't wait for the preseason as well either he has he mentioned too that He's like, hey, I really could have used a preseason last year, but now he's going to get his opportunity, and I think he's a guy that is going to – we're going to see building blocks from him for sure. Yeah, I mean, 
the thing about Quill Davis is he just offers something so different and unique on the team. You know, he this is a guy who's got, you know, he's got that quick twitch, quick first step ability. And no one else on the team has that. I mean, Vita Vea has speed and strength, but as a guy who can come in and give you some some pass rush um, in a pitch or in a rotation, I, I feel like Khalil Davis is going to be that guy. I, I don't see him not making this team unless he's really getting, you know, manhandled it during training camp and in the preseason games. Guys that I was really looking forward to see is Benning Potuae. I wrote his name down too. <laughs> of Washington. And, uh, you know, Jeremiah Ledbetter has came into camp and has looked really good so far. Um, I thought both of those guys could definitely challenge, definitely spots in the practice squad, but could potentially challenge for a spot on the active roster as well. Steve McClendon, 35 years old, you know, oldest player in the NFL to get snaps last year. And while I think his spots, you know, could be pretty secure, if one of these guys can show that they can be a solid run defender and, and rush the rush the passer as a younger guy, maybe they can kind of, you know, I don't want to say force him off the roster, but give him at least a big run for the money and then make Bucks, you know, the Bucks reconsider. Hey, do we want to get a little bit younger here with with these guys? We have Nacho with the top four guys locked up. You know, is it maybe is it time to move on to Steve McClendon, who's only on the rookie on the veteran minimum? Um, so, you know, I, I like those guys to really push and, you know, I, at the very least stick around on the practice squad and, you know, if anything, just be guys who can come in and step right in and contribute next year for the team, taking over, you know, that McClendon and that whatever role. I think Pat O'Connor, he's, he's like the, the biggest locker room guy. Everybody loves him. He's and, a special teams guy too. He's important on special teams, special teams had the block, had the block field goal last year. Mm-hmm. Was a block, punt, block punt. It was, it was in Denver. Block. Plus, he got his first or his yeah his first sack of his career last year too. He did. Yes, he did. Vikings. So I think Pat O'Connor is safe. I think you're looking at you know the top four and Pat O'Connor is safe, and you know it comes down to spots that could be in jeopardy are Steve McClendon and Khalil Davis. And I hear the the people in the chat screaming down there. Geno Atkins. G- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of Geno Atkins talk. I don't know how much it would cost to get someone like him. And I, I don't think the Bucks have a ton of cap flexibility right now. And, you know, if you if you sign a guy like Atkins, who is he replacing? Is he going to take time from Nacho? Is he going to take time from McClendon? I'd rather rock with those guys. And then I think Ledbetter is a lock for the practice squad. I mean, he was on there last year. It's the same story with him where he has good camps. And then, unfortunately, he he gets hurt at the end. So hopefully he can stay healthy for this training camp because he always is a guy that I think makes a pretty big impact. And Benning too is in that same boat as Khalil Davis, where didn't get to have a preseason. So he didn't really get to show off all the skills. Jimmy Lake obviously was hyping him up when he was on the podcast the other day. So I I think it's going to going to be a really good battle there. And again, this is where the, the clutchness of the uh, practice squad is, is really going to, be big. I, I want to stay on the defensive side of the ball here, but just one, talk- one more. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. He only had a, a handful of snaps. He had eight snaps against the run, but he logged the seventy-two grade via PFF. So, uh, you know, good good run defender. And if that's what you're looking to replace, he's six three two ninety. If that's what you're looking to replace in a guy like Steve McClendon with somebody younger, you might. Yeah, that might be the guy to look for. Hey, Tammy, you asked for the shout-out. You got the shout-out. But, Tammy, make sure you spell my name right. Matt has two T's in it, okay? 
But shout out to you, Tammy. Thank you very much for watching. We really appreciate it. Oh, uh, but, <laughs> two, two, <laughs> like Anton Winfield Jr. I want to talk about the standouts on defense because a lot of the starters, even though we know what they're going to uh, provide for the Bucks defense this year, I think it's still important that we do talk about it. But first, Josh, tell me a little bit about what's going on with Spotify Greenroom. Yeah, guys, tonight uh, tonight at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time, we're going to be doing a Spotify Green Room. Uh, make sure you guys download the app. It's a great place to talk sports, talk culture, talk music, talk whatever you like with you and your friends uh, all around the world. Uh, we do one every week here with, with Peter Report, a Green Room, uh, Spotify Green Room. Uh, it's great. We connect with people from Hong Kong to London to Canada to right here in Tampa, all around the United States. And we discuss our, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, what their weaknesses, what the strength is. Once we get into, into the season, we'll talk about matchups. We talked about draft stuff. The draft rooms were great, Matt, weren't they? Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Awesome. Everyone, everyone's got a take and most of them are pretty good. There's obviously some <laughs> zany ones out there. But yeah, I mean, I love hearing all the opinions of Bucks fans. You guys are super passionate, and we appreciate that. We love that. And you guys obviously stuck through the tough times with the Bucks, and now you're seeing the other side of it, and it's pretty amazing, I would say. So yeah. make sure you check that out. I mean, we can't get enough Bucks content. We obviously do this podcast all the time, but the more Bucks we can talk, I think the better. Yeah, so download it now. Spotify Green Room app on your Apple or Google Play Store. Tune in tonight. Create your username. Follow Pewter Report on there. Search us in the search group. Every time we go live, you'll get a notification that we're live. Tonight, live at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. We'll talk about camp. We'll talk about what your expectations are coming out of this out of this break. Uh are you upset that OJ Howard's not playing yet out there yet? Are you upset about, you know, we want to talk about Brady taking snaps or running back. You want to talk about the tight end room, the tight end competition. Uh, Bruce Arians had a lot of good things to say about that. Whatever you guys want to get into, this is your platform to come on here. Use your voice. Come on stage. Actually use your voice and not, you know, texting or keyboards or whatever. And come have a legit conversation with me, Matt, John, whoever's going to be on there. So 830 Spotify Green Room. Download it now. Well said, John, JC. That's, that's going to take me a little bit to Sorry. fluctuate between Josh and JC, but well said, JC. It's better than One, Joshua Cole Allen, so. Yeah. <laughs> that was a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> um, One of the first guys that I want to talk about, you just saw him on the screen there for a second, Devin White. He was on the, the opening logo for the show today. We all expect Devin White to be great. And but it's one thing to expect it, and it's one thing to see it out on the field. I mean, he was number one when we were doing the you know, which players would you protect and everything. He was number one on my list. I just think, as great as Devin White has been, there's still so much more to go for him. Like, I think he's going to be a perennial pro bowler, he's going to be an all pro. The only, I shouldn't say the only, but. Arguably the biggest knock about him was that he's not currently the best in coverage right now. And Bruce Arians actually said this the other day where uh, he was saying that he thanked, he thanked the media for starting this, not, you know, starting the narrative. And I'm putting that in quotations that Devin white can't cover because all it did was motivate him and inspire to get better. And we've seen so far here in training camp, and again, because not all the full pans on, you're not seeing the hard hitting and everything like that. 
but you're still seeing Devin White fly around. You're still seeing him get to the hole on these running plays when, again, you can't really tackle the guy or anything like that. But he's hitting the hole. He's getting there. He's making the proverbial stops. But again, with pass coverage, I've seen him lining up against Gronk. Awesome battle between Gronk and Devin White. And I think so far, Devin White has won a couple more of the matchups. They, they've they've matched up in goal line situations. And we know how Gronk or big tight ends in general, they kind of almost like to box out the defender who's on them. And Gronk would get in position, but Devin White would still come around the side, knock that ball away. They, they've had some good battles. And again, as I said, I, I would lean more towards uh, the side of Devin White winning more of those. Yeah. And then he went up against Leonard Fournette as well, too. So he's showing his versatility of being able to cover the big guy at tight end. And we, we saw that in the Super Bowl where they put Levante David more on Travis Kelsey than they did with Devin White. So maybe that's something we'll see a little bit differently this year if Devin White can keep it up with, with guarding the tight ends. But then we saw him against Leonard Fournette. He had some matchups against him, knocking the ball away, staying with him in coverage. And I think that's all encouraging things from a guy that we already know is the man. He was one sack away from double-digit sacks this year. I think he's going to get that. And that was another thing. He spoke in a press conference yesterday. I believe it was Scott Rounds that I asked him about his pass rushing. Devin White said he thinks he's a better pass rusher than Shaq and JPP. I'm not necessarily going to say that, and I don't think it's – I don't think it's necessarily fair because you're dialing up blitzes where you're trying to get Devin White through the gap where he's going to be unblocked versus Shaq and JPP have to go one-on-one against a tackle or get double teamed or get a chip from a running back. So it's not exactly apples and oranges, but it's all positive things for the Bucks, Bucks fans, Todd Bowles, and everyone else in between. Yeah, and not only that, you can just tell that Devin White is the vocal leader of this team. Like you, you look at the guys that are on this team who have been on this team with, and the veterans especially, Will Golston, Levante David, Nadam Kasu. I mean, JPP, Shaq Barrett. The list goes on and on, and some of the credentials that these guys have, and to see that you know Devin White in year three is already the vocal leader, the guy who gets everyone going, the guy who brings it, the guy who's getting everyone amped up. You know, that side of him, not not just the, you know, the sideline to sideline linebacker, the guy who's, you know, going to, you know, get out to the quarterback, the guy who's improving as a pass cover uh in pass coverage every single day. I mean, that's why I think, you know, that's why I love Devin White as a player. That's why I think he's going to be just tremendous because He's <laughs> I'm gonna get a little heat for this. He's a Tom Brady of the defense. He's a guy that can, with his words, with his play, with his uh, his just bravado, bravado can get everybody to play up a level. He can bring already. He can bring everybody up a level and get everyone hyped to the to to the point where you know you heard him. I mean, if you guys watch the current, you know I'm gonna get a turnover here. I, I feel it. I feel it. You know and. He gets a turn, you know, those those turning plays that he made, the interception, the fumble recovery. He's a guy who gets he's just a difference maker. He's just a he's a playmaker. And, you know, you can't teach that stuff. Someone in the comments said, you know, he's an athlete and, you know, athletes learn a bit, you know, usually learn a bit later. But he's learning fairly quickly. I I, I agree 100 percent. Guy just went up against three wide receivers. And I yeah. think he finished third and he was running <laughs> 
was on pavement. They yeah. Were running, they were running on turf with cleats. Like the guy's just not human. And the fact that he can raise the level of his play and get all of his teammates behind him is just something that I admire about the player. And I, I can't wait to see, as you said, he's like right here. He could be all the way up here by the time his career is over. And he's only in year three, man. I mean, only in year three. Now, granted, the Bucks are going to have to pay a lot of money when it comes time for, uh, you know, time to pay the piper, as they say. But I think, again, it'll be money very well spent. I think the biggest thing that I like about Devin White, and you see it in certain players, I think you see it in JPP as well, is that, and I, I've spoken about this in the past because I think it's a very important aspect of any sport that you can't really get a, a statistic on or anything like that. It's Devin White and JPP. They are guys that just exude this ultimate confidence. Like they're not just confident. They it's a contagious confidence where when you see them talking and you see them making plays and you see them hyping up everyone else, it makes you feel better about yourself, about the team, about the Bucks getting this third down stop here, even though it's third and three, and it's like, oh, are they going to run it? Are they going to pass it? I think that speaks volumes about Devin White, and it, it resonates throughout the locker room and builds this confidence that is not always easy to be found. So, I mean, this guy's a cornerstone of the team, the Bucks, as a franchise, have have a long history of having a linebacker that's the leader. I mean, Derek Brooks, Levante David, and Levante's still there, and he's still going to be great. And you know, he's still a leader of this team as well, Marty too. Peterson, I mean, going yeah. This. And I think Devin White is the next guy. Whenever Levante David decides he doesn't want to play, or if his contract runs up, and God forbid he goes, you know, somewhere else or anything like that. Devin White's the next guy, though. Uh, I do want to focus on some other players as well. I, I wrote some name down, some names down for standout players. And I think the big three in the secondary, and we spoke about this a little bit uh, yes, on yesterday's show, too. I mean, we got to give a shout out to the secondary. Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy Bunting, and... Specifically, I think Mike Edwards, the way he's been able to handle everything with all the safeties being injured and Antoine Winfield Jr. was out for a day. I think Mike Edwards is taking leaps and bounds uh, in terms of steps ahead of being a leader, which, again, we spoke about yesterday, so I won't go into de crazy detail about that. But being the ball hawk, as uh, as everyone likes to refer to him as. And we're just seeing guys that are super steady right now. They're doing their job. We're not seeing a ton of picks. SMB had a pick yesterday. And I do want to make sure I give a shout out to the linebacker, Joe Jones. He was the one that broke up the play on the pass from Gabbard that led to the interception by Sean Murphy bunting. I originally thought it was KJ Britt. So I apologize for that. I want to make sure it, that got corrected and everyone knew it was Joe Jones that got the pass break up on that play. But overall, the secondary, man, there's questions about them last year. We all know how they felt that they were disrespected and they were ranked 32. And then they obviously did their thing as the season went on. And SMB had the three interceptions in the postseason. But, I mean, they still feel like they're disrespected. And I put up a story that they're still playing with an underdog mentality. I think that's great for the secondary. I think they've earned their respect. But... 
I feel bad for all the other teams out there because we're talking about a hungry team that is still trying to prove themselves after winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, they were dead last last year. If you remember the PFF rankings that came out, they were ranked or mm-hmm. the, the PFF or NFL Network, ESPN, one of those. They were ranked dead last. And yeah, you know, a lot of times they retweeted that. You know, they, they, they took that to heart. They it took that to heart. And you know, PFF had them ranked eighth overall this year as a secondary. Uh, kind of called out SMB in particular, calling him the weak link. And if you've seen, if you're on Twitter and you've seen SMB, he's got one thing on his mind this year, and that's all pro. He he wants to go all pro. And you're right. I mean, just looking while we're talking, looking over some of our my notes right here from from practice on Tuesday, he was doing a really good job to the point where Tom Brady had uh, you know over overthrew or underthrew trying to you know force some things in there. Um, because SMB had some great coverage. We already know about Carlton Davis, the kind of coverage that he's had, especially mm-hmm. with Mike Evans. You know that battle they, they that they had the other day at practice while I was there was was pretty intense. And uh, Carlton got the better, Mike got the better. There's you know so you know, and, and he spoke on Mike Edwards and him having to kind of be the guy, especially on on what was it Monday when Antoine Winfield was out and he was kind of holding holding the fort down by himself. I mean, it was him. It was Ross Cockrell, who was a cornerback, who, I mean, let's give him credit for standing out too. Because Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but he was another name that I had written down. He's had multiple interceptions here in practice. Um, The fact that he's playing corner and he's playing safety, he's such a valuable guy on this team. So thank you for bringing up because he – yeah. I think he might be like the number one winner on the defensive side of the ball in training camp so far, which with what he's been able to do. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a great so far experiment and, you know, check the box because the guy's been doing phenomenal. Had another pick yesterday off that play, um, uh, which you mentioned, Khalil Davis. Yeah, been- on the Trask throw. Yep, on the Trask Yeah, throw. Kyle Trask yeah. threw into the end zone and Cockrell made a diving cat. I mean, the ball should not have been thrown, but hey, if they're if, – if they're going to throw the ball, you might as well make them uh, pay for it. And that's a set, that's exactly what Ross Cockrell did there. But yeah, he's been doing a great job. And um, for Mike Edwards to be able to pick that up and, you know, having to be that vocal leader, especially that day when he's working with, you know, Javon Hagan, who's a second near safety. He's working with Cockrell, who's a cornerback. And he's not only, you know, performing his duties, but also lining up the other players as well that's you know i mean huge shout out to him one one of the guys that i would like to see a little bit more of is jamel dean um i want to see him turn it up a little bit in camp i still think obviously he's probably um safe on the roster i don't see anything oh yeah he's fine but he might be losing some snaps to smb you know smb started more games than him last year as it was and you know that three-headed cornerback situation is always who's going to start who's going to come in you know you mostly you're having three cornerbacks on the field at the same time nowadays anyways but that's going to be something to monitor you know can he pick up his level of play a little bit more and i think uh the secondary as a whole you know just the safety battle the cornerback battle it's going to come down to the wire i've been really impressed with the backup cornerbacks i've been really impressed with um javon hagan in the secondary uh as a backup corner safety we still haven't seen raven green not sure when he's but I mean, right now it's really Javon Hagen's job to lose that fourth safety because he's going against two Stony Brook teammates in contest, yeah. Chris Cooper and um, uh, Lawrence White. So I mean, he you know he's he's looking good so far out there, not really having too many mental mistakes. But uh, it's going to be interesting 
see, take advantage of those snaps now because Whitehead's going to come back sooner rather than later. And if Raven Green comes back, that's another guy that you got to compete with. Yeah, uh, it, it's super helpful that the Bucks have all this depth, important and good depth right now in the secondary. It's a good insurance policy to have, especially at a position where you know, if you get a guy that gets hurt, I think corner is really tough to just bring in a guy. I, I think you see it all the time with, with NFL teams where the secondary, for whatever reason, those guys get hurt and then automatically it's like, all right, let's just bring in a guy off the street. Like, oh, he was a veteran a couple of years ago. Like he can play. And I don't think that's the situation that the Bucks should put themselves in because Todd Bowles has such a complex and unique defensive scheme you know that's something it takes time to understand the playbook and you actually have to play in it to really understand it but uh speaking of insurance i do want to mention a sponsor that we love it's briar greaves insurance listen jc you don't stay in business for over 30 years if you aren't doing something right and everyone needs insurance Briar Greaves does a lot of things correct but none more than giving exceptional personal service to their insurance insurance customers i always struggle with that word for whatever reason insurance i also struggle with spelling the word schedule even though it's a simple word to spell i always when i type it fast i always get like the e and the u and the d all mixed up whatever anyway um as i said we all need insurance whether it's life homeowners auto or even commercial insurance briar and sam greaves and their staff are the best in the area and they're big box fans It will literally take you 10 minutes to get a quote or compare your current policy, and that 10 minutes could turn into hundreds of dollars in savings. Don't wait. Call Briar Greaves today at 813-876-4166. Again, that's 813-876-4166, and find out how much money you can put back in your pocket. 30 years in business, and they're buck season ticket holders. They'll be at that first game. We don't know if Dak Prescott will be playing, but Briar Greaves could tell you whether or not because they'll be in the stands for that. So make sure you call Briar or Sam today. That's Briar Greaves Insurance. I think we should focus on the offensive side of the ball now. Um, Were there any players in particular that stood out to you? Anyone that you want to talk about that has been a focal point of training camp so far? I mean, we can go right to the wide receiver position. And obviously, you have guys like Mike Evans, Scotty Miller doing their thing out there. Chris Godwin uh, missing the last couple of days of, of practice. That's going to be something to monitor. Bruce yeah. is not getting into injuries or anything like that. So maybe we'll, we'll see him out there tomorrow. If not, that's definitely something to monitor. Um, but no, I mean, we saw this last year. And I think I brought this up on the, on the show the other day with Tyler Johnson and Jalen Darden. It, it's something that in Tom Brady's first part of his career with New England, I didn't see a lot a lot of it. I mean, not much at all. I mean, you, you talk about him having struggles with young wide receivers and getting, you know, getting them on the same page and getting the playbook and getting upset with them and moving on quickly from them. I mean, you look at the list of guys they brought in, you know, second round, third round, fourth round draft picks, but it seems like in Tampa, he's found this new vigor to teach these young wide receivers how to play the game. You look at it last year with Scotty Miller and Justin Watson. This year, it's been Tyler Johnson and Jalen Darden. Uh, J- Tyler Johnson has been getting a ton of opportunities, and so far, he's he's made the most of them. I mean, he's had a couple drops, and you know, there's been a couple miscues between the quarterback and the wide receiver, a couple overthrows and whatnot. And 
obviously without knowing the play, we don't know if he ran the wrong route or if it was just Brady overthrew it a little bit, you know. So, but that and then Jalen Darden, you know, getting the opportunity to play with the ones here and there and, and look not only look good, but to earn that trust from Tom Brady, build that chemistry together. You know, that's something that has really surprised me in camp. And, it, and you know, after watching last year, maybe it shouldn't. But, you know, him taking the time to really incorporate the young guys into the offense is just something that I'm not used to seeing out of Tom. And, you know, that, that's, that's been a pleasant surprise, i got to say. Absolutely. Tom has been – he's normally a pretty vocal guy, but it, it stood out to me even more this year for whatever reason, whether it was guys jumping off sides and he's yelling at them, uh, you know, stop effing jumping off sides, I believe was the statement that he said. Um, a lot of positive reinforcement too, whether it's him throwing the ball or if it's a drill that he's not even a part of. And he's always like, nice catch, nice play, nice throw, nice kick, everything. He's he's always just, you know, hyping everyone up, being very positive to all players too, not just the starters. I know some real Grayson he was very complimentary of, and they connected on that deep ball down the field. Yes. The compliment came before they even, you know, had that play. So it just talks about how he's trying to reach out to everyone, really. Um Jalen Darden, we've spoken about a lot, so I, I don't need to go into crazy detail. The guy is just electric. He's electric when he has the ball. He turns heads, as they say. I'm really excited to see him do some kickoff stuff and punt return stuff because when he's actually going to be able to run in the open field, I think he's going to cause a ton of headaches for the team that's trying to track him down. Tyler Johnson was a guy that going into this training camp, I think a lot of people were like, oh, he's a guy that needs to step his game up. We need to see something from him. And we're seeing that from Tyler Johnson. I've been very impressed with what he's had going on. He's getting open. He's making big plays over the field, and he's going to need to keep doing that in order to get playing time, which is not guaranteed to him right now. There are other receivers that I think have been impressive. Guys that are fringe guys fighting for one of those last roster spots will probably make the team if it comes down to special teams, or that's how they're going to make the team. Uh, Josh Pearson was one. He hit it off pretty well with both Ryan Griffin and Kyle Trask. I think that's going to be important for him in the preseason, obviously, because those are going to be the guys that are throwing him the ball. So yeah. keep an eye on Pearson. And TJ Simmons also had a very nice practice yesterday as well. So those are just names Keep an eye on them for the preseason, you know, when the, when the starters aren't playing. Uh, get, get yourself a little more familiar with them because they could be the ones scoring touchdowns, making big plays in the preseason, which is a very exciting time for the Bucks for this season because you have a lot of backups, whether it's or early draft picks that are going to be backups like Joe Tryon, like Kyle Trask, where this is their moment. This is this is their time to show why the Bucks picked them early on, and um, it's just going to be awesome with the preseason, man. It really is. Yeah, I'm excited too. Another wide receiver too to look out for, Travis Johnson. He's had an up and down camp, but it's a guy that the coaching staff and and you know Jason Light exceptionally are, are kind of high on. So um, I actually had him and Jaden Mickens, you know, making my pro projected practice squad so we'll see what happens there but yeah the preseason's preseason is going to be really big not only just for some of these younger guys but uh a guy like anthony nelson who's never seen a preseason got injured yeah in we work. talked about that yeah yeah got injured in offseason work 
his first year, and then he got it, uh, COVID last year, took preseason away from him. So this is a guy who's never seen preseason, and it'll be it's going to be hopefully encouraging to see where his pass rush has come because that's something that he's talked about, you know, that he's worked on. A guy like Tanner Hudson, uh, if you need if you need someone to block. Um, and it's in a game and it's crucial. You're not going to throw Tanner Hudson in there, but Tanner's no. been talking about how he's been working on his block, how he's been working with Tom, how, you know, and this is when we're going to see that kind of stuff. Some of these younger wide receivers with pads on some of these linemen with pads on defensive linemen you know how we've, we talked about how good they looked in camp. They're just in shells. They're not really, you know, half, you know, three quarter speed. They're not going full bore. So, you know, watching some of these offensive linemen, watching some of these defensive linemen, Seeing if Jalen Darden can get separation with pads on against another cornerback, uh, you know all these different things. Remember last year when the Bucks were consistently going up against each other. You pull back a little bit. Well, when they're yeah. going up against the Titans, when they're going up against the Bengals, they're not going to hold back a little bit because they're not. You know, obviously they're worried about injuring themselves, but you're not worried about injuring, you know, the other guy. You know, yeah. because he's not on your team. So it's going to definitely be interesting to see how these young guys and how some of these guys who have been on the roster and veterans as well. I mean, we talk about, you know, cornerback a second ago, you're talking about Nate Brooks and Antonio Hamilton and a guy like Herb Miller insurance options at cornerback. How do they play against some of these? So it's, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. What also is going to be interesting about the preseason is, uh, what did Bruce say yesterday? The NBA phrase load management. Yep. I was very surprised that coach Arian said that. Uh, so, but I'm glad he did, you know, because everyone talks about it all the time. I think it's obviously very important in the NFL to have that during this time of the year, because you're obviously not going to rest guys when you only have 17 games. I don't see an issue with it at all here. I mean, Tom Brady's 43 years old. Does he really like if he gets one day off? Is it is it going to stop all the progression of the team? I don't think so. I think it's important that these guys get some days off. We'll continue to see that. And um, the Bucks will still be OK. <laughs> yeah, and it's what surprised me how early on it was. I mean, we're two days in, and you know you're giving some guys breaks, but the heat has been absolutely uh, brutal out there. It's been rough. You've been out there the entire time. You're our Iron Man here. You're going to keep going <laughs> through until John gets back as our only tier two guy out there. But so we definitely appreciate you here, Peter. Report for that. But man, uh, yeah, I mean, load management's going to play a, a huge key throughout the preseason, throughout the regular season. You know, preseason games, you, you mentioned some of these young guys are going to get some opportunities. I think they're going to get more opportunities than some of us realize. And, you know, as a as a fan, you go to one of these preseason games. There's only three. Tampa got two home games. They were lucky. Yeah, they got lucky with that, too. But you're going to go there and you're going to expect this. You know, you want to see Brady. And, you know, some fans know that preseason you're not going to. But you might see mm. Brady for like one series or like, you know, four downs and they pull him out because do three handoffs. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and, you know, and you might get frustrated, but I definitely think they're going to limit as many starters, but it's also going to be a little bit different to Matt this year because they're not just doing the, the full cut down date at the end. You used to have 90 guys the last couple of years all the way through and then a big massive cut down. They're doing mm-hmm. like tiered cut downs now again. So that last game, you're not going to have as many, young guys out there. I think you only have 80, 80 players on the roster or something like that. So you're going to have to, you're going to have to get some of your, your key backups out there playing some, some minutes just to get this preseason game over with. So it's going to be interesting to see how they manage all that. They've got the great coaching staff to do it. So yeah, they I do. I think the most, 
the most work we're going to see is when they do the joint practices with the Titans. I think that's where you're going to see the most like, oh, like how does Tom Brady look against other teams? And is Mike Evans winning his one-on-ones and everything else in between? And, you know, and Trask and Griffin and Blaine Gabbard and everyone on the team. How How's trying going up against different competition? Someone actually really trying to, you know, make their own spot on their own team. So obviously it's a new competition for try on there too. I think that's where you're going to see the biggest of stuff. And, you know, next week when the pants come on, we could be telling a different story. We don't know who's going to accelerate their game because of that, who might slow down a bit just because, uh, you know, the game has changed a little bit, but yeah, the pads on and that joint practice with the Titans, which is coming up sooner rather than later, I think is going to be very, very fun yeah, to watch. That's the team that Brady was talking about. In yeah, yeah well, supposedly, you know, supposedly. He's gonna want to. He's gonna want to show them. You know that. You know you're, you stuck around with that. Yeah. That guy, well, this is what I'm gonna do to your. I think he should today. just show him his Super Bowl ring, and that <laughs> that will. Uh, today, right? That let them know everything that they need to. Absolutely. But um, you know, we still got a lot of great stuff coming up. There's training camp Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We will be back on Monday, which is going to be awesome because we can recap everything that we saw from three days of Bucks training camp. I believe John Ledyard will be back as well. So you guys will get to see John again. I'm sure you've missed him a lot, as we do here at Peter Report. Shocking young man. Yep. <laughs> Very much so. All right, so that's going to do it for this show. Thank you, everyone, for watching. For J.C. Allen, I'm Matt Matera. We'll catch you next time on another edition of the Peter Report Podcast. Out. Out.